Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, hope you're having a really good day, but unfortunately, it's become a regular occurrence that almost like now once a month, we're talking about, you know, releases from WWE. I mean, we had, you know, a really good AEW double or nothing in your house is starting to develop as a card. And we've got, you know, New Japan coming back with Dominion. But the big thing is these releases every month, like clockwork, we're getting them. You know, I mean, well, it's not every month like clockwork. It's been it's happened twice. Uh, well, the NXT ones followed, but I mean, those were basically a couple of weeks ago. Then we had the one right before that, and now we have this one. So, I mean, we've had three sets of releases in a very short amount, in like 45 days. There's a lot of releases and big names. So it's been, I don't know what the WWE is doing, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that today and try to theorize what they're doing. And a lot of times I'm not sure if they know what they're doing. But uh, just to put in context, uh, Yesterday, uh, early in the morning, Fightful.com first broke the story that Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Murphy, and Santana Garrett had all been released. And then WWE actually about 25 minutes later confirmed it on their own website. So this isn't one of those things where people are just doing crazy rumors. People are losing their jobs and it's never a good thing. I mean, I just, before we start, you know, this discussion, so I throw out, uh, that I personally never wish anyone to lose a job. I mean, are there people out there who aren't good workers like Anaya Jax? Sure. But when I see online people celebrating, you know, someone like Braun Strowman, who over the last year or so has, a lot of people say digressed, or Lana isn't a very good worker, or like, yay, they're, they're gone. It's not the time or the place to do it. And that's not what this show is going to do. But Jay, let's get your initial thoughts, unless that's what you wanted to do. Uh, let's get your initial thoughts on some of these releases, I guess, you know, which one is, I guess, what stands out the most? Yeah, I mean, Braun Strowman. He just wrestled for the freaking world title. Uh, so, you know, I said, I mean, I think I said on a show a few months ago about Strowman getting released and how, you know, so like, but I, I basically said that knowing that there was no way he was going to get released until he did. So do I feel a little bad? Sure. But, I mean, he's made plenty of money. I'm not overly concerned about that. Um but it sucks when someone loses their job. You know, absolutely. We've all been there. And Strowman is a guy who, big guy, Vince-type guy, pretty bad in the ring, not bad on the mic. He's had some good matches over the years. And we thought that's a guy, that's a Vince guy. That's a guy that he likes, that he'll never release. And so if he's going to release Braun Strowman, other than like Roman Reigns, I mean, pretty much, Corey, to me, what this means, what this signifies is all these releases have been mostly bottom of the roster, mid Carters, you know, sometimes a surprise like Rusev or whatever, you know, sometimes it's a surprise, but it's never been an upper, Russian was the champion for like five months last year. Yeah, he, he won. I mean, he, uh, he beat Bill Goldberg at a, WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. And so to go from being the world champion for five months to beating Goldberg at WrestleMania to, uh, you know, I don't want to say carrying SmackDown because it wasn't very good when he was a champion, but um, 
to being released a year later. I mean, it seems unfathomable. And I think that's the thing that stands out to me is not that they're releasing people now. It's they don't, they don't give a shit. Like they're releasing anybody. And, you know, we can speculate and we will about like why we think that is. But man, I, I think that's one that really, really, you know, has to, if you're, if you're a member of, if you're in the WWE roster or NXT, that has to shake you up. That has to shake you to your core. If a Vince guy can be released, anybody can. And yeah. so, yeah, we can go through some of the other names too, but yeah, that, that's the one that's really, really significant to me um, for reasons other than just that he was the world champion. So let's, let's go a little deeper into uh, what was his name? The monster of men, men, or uh, the guy who says stupid things on Twitter when other people get fired. Now he's actually happened to him. I mean, he went and when there was the first round, I don't know if it was this one or the year before, he went on Twitter and basically said, if you're good enough, they're not releasing you. And now these words, you know, kind of coming back to haunt him. And he, you know, he's, so I think one of the options could be off the table. We'll talk about this about each guy, but I don't know how AW would bring him in. I mean, he's, he was made, you know, he had this verbal stuff with Evil Uno and other people on that roster. And of course, business is business. If you can do something, that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. But, you know, I think one of the problems is the guy was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, whatever it was. And where you have a smaller, you know, group of guys now, the average height of guys like 6'2", on the high end. And then you bring in a guy like, you know, almost who's 7'3". You got these guys from India who are bigger. And the guy doesn't look like a monster anymore. So, you know, it kind of was like... That's not, no. No, you're you're on the wrong train here, buddy. Well, make some money. Almost is 7'3", that's fine. Braun Strowman is a big dude. He is a gigantic man. Um, and, and so I, I, I think you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. He's a big guy. He's still a big guy. He's way bigger than 99% of the roster. The guys from India, we don't even know if they can wrestle yet. They haven't done anything with them. So let, so that, so that, to me, that's not the thing. As far as the AEW stuff, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's a difference maker. That's my opinion. I think he's fine on the mic. Uh, I mean, people seem to like him backstage. Uh, I know he had issues with some of like, you know, the, the, you know, evil Uno and some, you know, making stupid things of, you know, talking about indie wrestlers. He's definitely one of these, you know, you know, American type, you know, Mr. America type. So, you know, he, I think there's some issues there. There's going to be some issues there, but um, he is a name. He's a big, big name. And so, He'll land somewhere for sure, and he'll have a big impact. These people can only go, so, so many of them can only go somewhere, right? Um, and so, like, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I really don't think he should go to AEW. I think it'd be a bad move for AEW to bring him in. But Tony Khan might say, listen, this guy's not great, but he gives us something different than we have. Who are all our top guys? Moxley, 235, 210. Omega, same size. The Bucks are smaller. Cody's small. And so other than, you know, Miro, you've got Lance Archer. They mostly have smaller guys. So he may be able to change things. But let's talk about why he was released. So he signed this big contract. Was it last year? 2019. 
2019. So two years ago, he signed this big contract where he made over a million dollars. That's what the internet is saying, right? And it seemed like it was a big money deal. And definitely at the time where AEW was starting up, a lot of guys were signing contracts in case AEW might scoop them up. One, this signifies, Corey, that they don't give a shit about AEW at signing guys. They could care less now because they sign people and they release them. Also tells you these contracts they're, 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 that they sign is made out of toilet paper. Like, you, like the contracts are just completely pointless. Um, if they're able to release these people after, you know, getting these big contracts. It, to me, they, and again, we've talked about this time and time again, they just signed a contract with Peacock for billions of dollars. Now I haven't looked at their stock lately, but to me, it seems it doesn't make sense that they just signed this. Maybe they just think Strowman isn't valuable for what he makes. He's not worth it. But what would lead them to have then signed him to this contract in the first? He's not changed. He's the same guy. Am I wrong? What's different about him now than there was then to give him that contract to make it seem like he's the guy. I, I think that's the interesting thing is what happened from 2019 to now. They gave him the title. He's still not good in the ring. He's never been good in the ring. He's kind WWE oftentimes doesn't care about that. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's fascinating. I, I think him being released is one of the most fascinating releases that they've had in maybe the modern era interesting um i guess it's i think this all has to do with the the bottom line when it comes and i'm not blaming nick khan for for all this but since nick khan has come in they've cut a lot of salary i mean they did get the uh, the peacock deal they've done a lot a lot of things and they're going back on touring now but you know the, the some i don't know if it was brian alvarez or jason powell but one of the people who uh, we've had on the show before one of the great writers had said something to the effect that in two years ago you were signing these guys these big, big deals for working, you know, four to five times a week. And now with the pandemic and now possibly the house show industry totally changing, you're signing these guys to work once a week. And, you know, there's got to be some equalization on there. And then also the other idea. But, but, but Cora, hold on. I'm going to stop you there. The house shows didn't make money for WWE. They've talked about this forever. The house shows did not make money for them. The house shows were essentially there to promote their product so that when they were on TV, more people would watch them on TV. They were not a money, it was not a money-making thing. So like, I don't agree with that. Now they don't have the gates with Raw and SmackDown and they lost a lot of money there, but they're about to go back on tour. So why would you cut salary when you're about to make money? So I think that point to me doesn't make sense either. Well, I mean, it's also, if you look at it, a lot of these guys who, who have gone cut got these big salaries in 2019 when AEW was first starting out and they wanted to sign all these people to stay away from. I mean, I mean you had Gallows and Anderson had said, you know, they got seven-figure deals. I think they said like $750 a piece per year. You know, the FTR who decided to leave, they were offered, you know, like $800,000. Rhino, Rhino has said that he was offered like double he was making. And he still wasn't being used. And his, like him leaving to Impact, so he actually wanted to work. But I mean, they were giving out all these huge deals when they, 
at a different time period. And now it looks like when you have like a money guy or more financially responsible and Nick Khan running, running everything, of course, Vince is still the final word on everything. But it seems like either there's, and we'll talk about this a little while, either a sale is happening at some point. They're trying to make their books look good. But it looks like, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost where they gave all these big money deals. Ratings aren't as good as they used to. Yes, they're going back to Saudi Arabia and most likely by the end of the year. And they get like, like $50 million per show. And they're supposed to go like two times a year. But the idea is, like I said, these guys got huge contracts when they were in a war. And now the war is theoretically sort of over. Wait wait wait, 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 hold on. That theory is blown. The, the, those guys were all released already. Like there is, there had, there, there is no AW's more successful now than it was a year and a half ago. They just signed a big TV contract. The right. war isn't over. By and it's already lost it, but right. I don't like saying. I don't like saying there's a war. Or whatever. That, that's kind of stupid anyway. They're not on the same night. They're not whatever. But. That's not over. If anything, they should be more scared of AEW because of how well they're doing with their pay-per-view buys, with their ratings. I know it's you know been a little weird with this Friday Friday night thing, but so to me, I would be more worried about them. And what that shows you is one, you're right. I, I very good point about Nick Khan. He might be a part of this. Vince is still the guy, though. Vince is still the guy who's like, this guy should be released. But maybe Nick Khan's presence, to your point, is really being felt here. Maybe that's what's going on. But it seems it seems strange, though, right? He's the business guy. But he's, to my knowledge, he's not the wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. He's evaluating if these guys are worth it or not. I, I just, I, I think it's, I, I think it's fascinating um, as to why. And the budget cuts thing just doesn't seem to make sense to me. You cut budget when you're losing money right. or when you're close to losing money, not when you're making money hand over fist. Yeah. Oh, and uh, our social media guru who runs our, our Instagram at WorkshoePod, and let's check this on uh, Twitter at, work, uh, at WorkshoePod. Uh, Jackie Endy said the stock price is at $56 right now, which you asked a few minutes ago. So they're not doing badly by any stretch. No, I mean, no. And, and these type of things when you, Reduce salary, it helps the stock. I mean, so yeah, but that's not no, but that's not necessarily true either. So they so they cut okay. The money doesn't make sense. They cut Braun Strowman. Santana Garrett makes what does she make? She doesn't make anything, right? Okay. Lana, we know makes a big deal. We can talk about Lana in a minute. Um, Ruby Riot doesn't make any she doesn't make anything, and Murphy doesn't make anything, and Alistair Black make, doesn't. I, think I mean, Matt I'm sure actually got a pretty good deal when he came over. I'm but. sure they make fine money for like you know, but I'm saying they're not making top echelon of money, right? So they're doing pretty well. What does laying these few people off do when they're signing people in to NXT? They they're still signing people to these deals. They're trying to work on something with New Japan, supposedly. But then at the same time, they're cutting people. It just, something just doesn't, something uh, just doesn't make sense to me. Right, also, and with that, you know, and we'll get to Aleister Black and Lana in a a second here, but um, one of the things that Fightful.com reported earlier today was that supposedly there's a bunch of, like, big wigs of decision makers uh, for people going up to the main roster are at the PC today to go, and I get and look at people. So, and it's a lot better on the bottom line when you have somebody on the main roster making 60,000 and NXT, and that's maybe high end. 
compared to somebody making, you know, mid six figures on the, on the main roster, you know, especially when I think you get your, your salary goes up when you go to the main roster. So, I mean, you know, as long as you have like guys like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, you know, Charlotte, and maybe a Becky coming back, I guess they, they think that they're going to be fine. You know, then don't pay any of these people. I, I, what's the point then? Yeah. It's like, it's like, what are we doing here? Ruby Riot getting released is ridiculous. Absolutely. She's one of the best female wrestlers on the roster. It is ridiculous. Murphy getting released is ridiculous. Santana Garrett, they didn't use her, whatever. Lana, you know, I think she's horrible, whatever. Uh, Alistair Black, him getting released. Why are they releasing him? They just did packages with him and they were going to promote him. He had a match this week against Big E. They're releasing someone who had a match that they were promoting against a guy who they think is going to be a big time guy. It just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me to your point about moving people to, you know, from NXT to the main roster or whatever, when they move them to the main roster, they give them more money. So it's not like they're going to stay down there making $80,000 a year. They're going to come up and they're going to get paid. Well, how much was Santana Garrett making? Well, the better part of it was she was supposedly from multiple sites saying the reason why she might have gotten cut was because she was supposed to be called up. Same thing with Chelsea Green and Vanessa Bourne, that they, even though they never got to TV, they were supposed to have been called, like Vanessa Bourne was supposed to be called up like a year but, ago. Boy, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense to me. Send her back. Down. more money. Well, I guess, uh, I guess her name was on a list on the main roster. And sometimes it's like, all right, we're getting rid of six people. These are the six. And like from things that you I read was like Alistair Black and Ruby Riot were not on like the initial cut list from the, the night before. Like I said, uh, Sean Rosapa does a great job with this stuff. Had, had gotten the list the day before and wasn't going to put out play, like I said, a third, third source. But on that initial list, you know, Strowman, Lana, Murphy, and I guess Santana Garra are on that list. But the other two were. So it, what makes me think it was, you know, Con, uh, Nick Khan said, we got to get we got to get rid of this much money. And that's it. And it turned out this, you know, it's an equal on a spreadsheet. Okay. I think, and I, I think maybe that's it, right? Maybe it's, we got to get rid of this much salary for our bottom line to make it look better, you know, and this is, this is what we're doing. Obviously the ratings have not been good for raw because of, you know, the NBA playoffs and things like that. And so I don't know. I, I think it's I, I think it's really really interesting, but where does it, you know? And we've heard now, and we've heard now there's there there could be more releases. There's some names that are floating around. I, I don't like getting into right. people losing their jobs, but but they're saying. I mean, a lot of stuff is out there about more releases coming, and so, I mean, Ross three hours. <laughs> they need people on these shows. So, I, I mean, they have no, I mean, how many women do they have on these rosters? So and they've released, I, I think you said, you know, um, you know, in the Wrestle Life group, 11 women have been released. In the last I mean, four, five days, yeah. I mean, and it's very few uh, NXT women. So it's like, please just leave NXT where it is. Don't, don't mess with any of them. But I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, think there, there are, sorry, there are seven women currently on the active SmackDown roster. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It looks like ten on the uh, on the Raw roster. There's ten, and there's and there's and there's a tag team champions, and there's only seventeen 
women on the active roster. Yeah, there's, al- there's almost more women. There's almost more women in NXT. I mean, we don't have to count that. That's not oh. good. That's not good podcasting. But there's it's probably pretty close to the women who are on the NXT roster that we see on a semi-regular basis compared to the seven, 17. It's, and, and, and it's funny though. And that was counting. Cause I was just counting it up. That's counting Eva Marie, who's mostly not going to be a wrestler and Sonya Deville who aren't wrestlers. So it's really like 16. That's it's unbelievable. That's it's yeah. unbelievable. It's uh, the, the real, this real women's evolution. Here we go. You know, so, and, and, you know, Corey, we could say, the other thing we could say is maybe they're doing this so they could bring in, I don't know if Ronda Rousey, if she's got a contract, I don't know what her deal is. You bring in a Ronda Rousey, you bring in a Brock Lesnar, and that's how you even the books out. And maybe that's, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring in a couple of big time people and that's how they're going to even things out. But I mean, if you're on, if you're in NXT, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to Raw or SmackDown. You might be released. You might get shitty storylines. It's like, you know, you save your money, everybody. You know, save, the world and in the real world, yeah. Save your money. All right, so let's get to th- these specifics. Um, okay. Alistair Black is. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what they've done with them. Uh, he was on Twitch or whatever. He basically put the WWE over. He put Vince over. Um, you know, he, he said people blame, you know, Vince for all this stuff. He said him and Vince had a good relationship. Um, there was an idea of him being, you know, going back to NXT and that didn't happen because they thought they had something else for him. So he didn't bury anyone. He actually buried more of the wrestling media than anything. So he kept himself in good graces for the idea. Maybe he'll come back at some point. It's th- that was also a very, very strange release because, They've been hyping him up. They've been putting him over. And Alistair Black said, my merchandise sells well. Like, the fans are into me. So that doesn't make... And he's a different kind of character than they have in the WWE. So why release him? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like you said, he just did a run-in a week and a half, two weeks ago on TV. and looked like they were starting a, a big E feud coming up. I mean... I don't know if I believe when he was in the Twitch chat saying that they were going to give him the U.S. title, but they were waiting for fans to come back. I do think if they wanted to put a title on somebody, they would have put a title on somebody. But that's semantics. And I also think, you know what? We spoke about off, offline, the idea of, you know, there was these rumors that Thea Trinidad, Selena, uh, Selena Vega was possibly coming back. She did something at the PC. With, her, with him not, you know, basically burying the company, maybe she's still coming back. And, you know, he wanted to make sure that it didn't affect her. But, I mean... You know, that's just another person who's, you know, who's been gone as of, you know, the last couple of months. Um, I think Alistair Black uh, is one of the most interesting people on this list of people who've been, you know, released. He could pretty much go anywhere. And I think that he could, he may not be the, the one, you know, the one that you build your company around, but he's a guy that you will, you could put in main events and everywhere else. And you're not going to lose money at, in the investment. I mean, I could see him going to, you know, just doing a thing on the indies for a while. Then maybe when things open up, going to New Japan. I mean, he can go. He could be a headliner in Ring of Honor right now. He, you know, he could be a headliner in Impact. He could be a headliner in MLW. He could be anywhere he wants to go. He could get a legit. And, maybe, and the reason I didn't say AW at the top because they have so many people. 
And you almost don't want everyone to go there because they could get lost. Even though they're bringing in the Rampage show, I would almost like to see him go to either like a New Japan ROH Impact thing for their deal, and you know, go to go to Japan, feud with uh, Okada and Will Ospreay, and you know, all those people. I mean, Tony Khan did say in the conference call that they are expanding their roster because of Rampage. So, you know, if you think about the idea that they have. A lot of young people, dark and you know, in elevation. Maybe this is the time to get a Alistair Black, who I think fans look at as possibly a top guy, and I think he's a guy that WWE totally dropped the ball with, and could do some really cool stuff. And look at look at Darby Allen. Look at what he's done, the creative license they've given him, and he's taken a ball and run with it, ran with it. And Alistair Black could do the same thing, and he's bigger. And in my opinion, I love Darby Allen, but Alistair Black's better in the ring. Um, so to me, you could put him on Rampage, and he could be a big deal. Sure. So, you know, it, it, to me, it's just it's it's insane that they released him. And I think that there's a very, very good chance he becomes a bigger star as a result of, of getting released um, than anything. Let me ask you, before we get to the other people on this list, and this, this quick thing here. Sure. How much does the value of maybe, like a guy like Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, he's mostly going to give you signed if he could pass, you know, medical. But with having releases so close together, do you think some of these people could get lost in the shuffle where like an impact or an ROH is like, I'm saving my money to sign Alistair Black so I won't go after this person, you know, because most people are, yes, ROH does have Sinclair money, but it really seems like Sinclair is just, is a write-off for them, you know, for Sinclair ROHs, but, you know, if an Impact or an MLW, one of these companies had an idea of maybe I want to sign this guy, but now you have all these extra people coming in, do you think it maybe hurts the market a little for these guys who got released first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's, you know, economics right you flood the market it lowers the value um of the of the asset you know you flood the market with a bunch of assets the you know the value of the assets lowered so yeah i think so but i think this is where the the diamonds are still gonna you know the star the potential stars are still gonna stand out so i think someone like alice black is still gonna stand out i think ruby riot although she's not a quote-unquote star i think is so good in the ring and on the mic i mean i think she's so underrated um, and has such a good reputation in the business, I think she's going to land somewhere. You know, Lana, I mean, her association with Rusev, she's not a diamond at all, but, you know, whatever. Um, Santana Garrett, I, Santana Garrett, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but, and, and Murphy, I don't know either. But I, I think that the, you know, some of these people who we think are could stand out, like, are going to stand out. And so, yeah, so, so I think the people who we think could get good deals are probably going to get good deals. Well, I mean, I guess I'm like you, you Ruby Riot now joins and yes, she's going to be a little bit longer to wait. Her, her deal uh, 39 days is until uh, August 31st, which is one week before, you know, all out. So would not be surprised if she's the, the wild card, you know, the Joker in that battle royal, but you know, it's just my hearsay, but you know, you have her, you got Chelsea green, you got Mickey James, you got both members of the Iconics. So, I mean, it's not like there's just her on the market now. So, you know, I'm just wondering. Yeah, well, I mean, out. Mickey, J you know, AEW should absolutely bring Mickey James in to be a kind of coach mentor. 
they need a woman like that on the roster. I know they kind of have Serena Deeb, um, but technically she's like the NWA champion or whatever. I think Mickey James would be perfect. Um, you know, I think some of these women are going to get lost. I think Billy Kay could get lost. I think it could be hard for her. Um, I think Chelsea Green and Peyton Royce will be fine. And the other thing that some of these women are doing, I know Chelsea Green's like talking about doing a podcast with Barstool and Playboy and I, I don't know, some other stuff. But, you know, people are trying to figure their thing out. They're trying to branch out. And I, I think that's the cool thing about this too. They're trying to branch out and, and make money in other ways and use the fame that they've gotten from the WWE to figure stuff out. Um, but yeah, I think some of these women absolutely could. And also, Corey, we have to throw into the fact that some of these women could be resigned or men could be resigned at like a lower deal. Yeah, I think that's it's not like they're it's not like they're gone for it's not like they're gone forever. You know, Drew McIntyre can't I mean how many people have come back? So I, I think there's a chance that some of these people could come back at some point. Um, so that'll be that'll be kind of interesting, interesting as well. Also, we got to throw into the fact that things are opening up. You know, um, I, I don't know where these wrestlers are with being anti-vaxxers or whatever, but, you know, a lot of people are, are getting vaccinated. You know, we're lucky enough to be in a country and I got a lot of problems with the U.S., but we've done a really good job of vaccinations compared to a lot of, you know, other countries. So a lot of people are vaccinated. Um, and so these guys can maybe go to Japan and wrestle over there. And I, I think, you know, look at New Japan Strong and what that, how great that that's been. So I think there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of opportunities. And we haven't even talked about MLW. And I mean, they bring, if they're bringing in David Richards, I mean, God bless David Richards. What's, was he 40? You know, they could bring in someone like, you know, uh, Alistair Black or a freaking Buddy Murphy. Forget it. Buddy Murphy's spectacular. So I think basically what I'm saying is I think there's still a lot of opportunities out there for a lot of these wrestlers. But I think some people like Santana Garrett, it might be kind of harder for her. Um, cause she never, they never gave her a chance on the main roster to stand out or really NXT. Yeah. I, I could see her going back to uh, impact where she was there before that working the Indies. I mean, I don't think she's going to, you know, has no chance of, you know, coming back, but, uh, I think that could be, uh, could be an interesting one. So the last person that, and I guess quickly on Lana, I mean, the obvious idea is most likely joining her husband in, Absolutely. uh, in a, in AEW. And of course she said something to the fact today. It's just a random day. I'm going to go finally congratulate my husband on winning the uh, in TNT uh, championship. So, you know, it's a nice little dig there. But um, she's, she's Corey. She's horrible. And in the, in, the ring, in the ring, she's absolutely terrible. As a baby face, she was terrible. As a heel, though, as a voice. She, she, did, she, did nice, she did a nice job as a heel there when she was like, you know, the, the accent and stuff. But since she went away from that, She's been horrible. Now, also, she's been booked horrible, too. So that's been a part of this. Um, but I, I just, I don't want to see her do the joining Rusev. And then, you know, I don't know. I think it'll be corny. But that being said, who knows, right? It might be a thing where AEW is like, hey, Miro's a guy. We love him. We want to bring in Lana. So who knows? Um, she'll probably get a spot somewhere because uh, her association with her husband and the fact that, you know, she's been on this total diva. She's got, you know, she's she has a, a track record uh, of celebrity. So, you know, I could see her coming in. But, you know, please don't have a wrestle. Just don't have a wrestle. Please. So so the last person is uh, Murphy, who uh, 
basically got in a relationship with the Mysterios and then left TV and hasn't been seen since. I think he could be the most talented. I mean, we all love Aleister Black, and I think just the total passion of Aleister Black might be better. But Murphy in ring, and if he has a mouthpiece, I think he could be a star. I think that he should go to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think he yeah. could. Oh, my God. I mean, is but he him and him in the, no, and I don't know if he'd be a juniors guy or if they'd put him in the heavyweight division, but oh my God, Corey, he would be, he would be spectacular. It's yeah. like, put him in, put him on strong for a little bit until he can go to Japan and then have him go to Japan. Oh my God. Him against Ren Narita or Dickerson. Oh my gosh. It'd be, it'd be great. I, I think, and Corey, here's the thing. He doesn't need a mouthpiece. He can talk and he's cut promos. Like he's fine. And I also think we got to do this thing. We always talk about giving people a mouthpiece. How many people have a mouthpiece? Like nobody. So I think now's a time where he had a whole storyline with the Mysterios and he had to talk a lot during that. So, and I thought that he did a pretty good job with with the Rollins stuff. I think he did a good job, Corey. Was it like amazing? Was it, Adam Cole uh, two days ago? No. I mean, that that's another level. But do I think he can continue to improve and develop if given a shot? 100%. 100%. One of the things that we read about him is that he's very receptive to creative and things like that. So sometimes, like, you got to give these guys the ball and let them run with it. And, I mean, it's funny because him and Alistair Black have had some of the best TV matches on Raw. And, well, they have great chemistry. They are fantastic in the ring together and murphy is just phenomenal um so uh yeah i mean we'll see what happens with him he'll he'll go somewhere for sure i don't know that he'll ever be world champion probably you know kind of to what you said he doesn't necessarily have that it factor i think he's fine on the mic but i don't know that he has that it factor and to your point about you know needing a mouthpiece um but man he's fun to watch He's such a fun wrestler to watch because he he kind of combines like a hybrid style with a high flying style with a mat based style. He's he's really really fun to watch and putting him in the G one. <laughs> Look at that emotion. Uh, <laughs> oh, and before we forget, uh, what is the uh, what is the beer of the week uh, this week, uh, Jason? You barely ask me that anymore. It's um, Hot Butcher Lord Octopus. It's a very very good beer. About 7.5%, um, mostly mosaic hops, um, which are which are very, very good. Uh, solid, solid beer. So very good. Hot Butcher. The brewery actually is, op- they're opening up a spot here uh, down the street from me. So uh, in a couple months, so I will be there. there. We might be doing a podcast from there at some point because I will oh. be living, I'll be living there pretty much. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let the wife know. Um, so I guess the last thing on this before we move on to a couple of little items to end the show. The rumor has been that maybe there could be a sale from WWE. They've done the Peacock deal. There's been talks in the past of, you know, possibly NBC just totally buying them out at some point, maybe Disney. I mean, and like I said earlier in the show, when you make all these cuts special, and it's not one of the quarterly, you know, conferences, which they do let the stockholders know about you're, you're making your books better. I couldn't lead to a sale. I mean, uh, people like Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics does a great job with the ratings. And when it comes to just economics of wrestling, has said that he would be surprised if it happens in the short term because, you know, this year one of Nick Nick Khan's plan of, you know, doing everything. But 
what do you think? Do you think the McMahons could be out of the wrestling business at some point? I know it's speculation more than anything else, but do you think that's what's behind all of these releases? I don't know. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I think it's, it's like they released Braun Strowman. So now they're going to sell the company. I mean, that seems after the big contract they signed with Peacock, it seems far-fetched. Now, do I think it could be something where they're setting up to eventually sell? Maybe, but also if you're NBC or whatever, you want stars if you can have them. Sure. You know, so to me, it like doesn't make any sense to release it. If they're making $10 million a year or something, you know, like maybe, um, but, you know, and I, I also think maybe, you know, from a standpoint of, they looked at these guys from a value asset standpoint and they thought the asset isn't worth what they're paying them. So it's time for them to go. As far as selling the company, I, I, I don't know if I see, see that anytime soon, but at the same time, Vince is, I mean, how old is he? You know, at some point, Late you know, you know, at some point, what are we doing here? Um, and we've been saying that for, since we've started this podcast years ago. But he's still freaking hanging on. So I don't know. I think it really can go. I don't think anything happens in the short term. I, I agree. I, I, I don't I don't think deals of this magnitude happen quickly anyway. I think deals of this magnitude, you know, take a long time, months and a year or years possibly. But do I think at some point this happens? Yeah. And does it sound like this Nick Khan guy had a plan other than hiring uh, his buddy there who was horrible and named Burke? He Mm -hmm. seems like he has, he's a really smart guy who has a plan. And here's the other thing, Corey. They hired Adnan Burke. Adnan Burke said he hadn't met Vince yet. Adnan Burke did the, um, you know, uh, trial period or whatever without meeting the audition, without meeting Vince. What that tells me, one, is that Vince is a little bit, maybe not as involved as he used to be. And two, Nick Khan has a lot of influence in what's happening on the show and in general. And so, I, you know, make of that what you will. I don't think he's like booking matches or anything like that. But I do think his influence is really going to start to be seen here. Is already, it already has been. And I think it's going to continue to be. How much do we know about this president? Who was the president before? Barrios or whatever? We yeah. never even heard we never even heard of this fucking guy. Nick Khan, we're hearing about we're hearing his name all the time. So I think this Nick Khan guy is really I mean, Tony Khan got a promo about Nick Khan, which is pretty funny. Um, and by the way, for people saying it was a shoot, it was not a shoot. He talked to New Japan about it, whatever. But it was a funny promo. But I do think. You know, we're going to continue to see Nick Khan have a big influence. And maybe, you know, we, we, before we talk, how long did we talk about Triple H being the guy who takes over or Shane or Stephanie? It sounds like Nick Khan's a big, big influence here. And so we will see how this continues to develop. But I, I think it's interesting. And I also think he doesn't give a shit about any of this. I'm money. I'm the president. My job is to be profitable. And I don't give a shit what I do. And that's a lot, you know, that's what CEOs generally do, which is why, you know, I have problems with them. But that's what he was hired to do. And, and we'll see, we'll see where that, where that goes. Yeah. So, uh, I, like I said, 
will this be the last set of uh, releases? Most likely not. I think the most interesting about thing besides people who got released, and Jay, you may tell me, you know, whatever, but I do think it's interesting that these releases did not coincide with like right after All Out. You know, most of these things in the past, you know, releases happen and people wouldn't be able to work, you know, the big show. Corey, they don't care. They don't care. I think that's, Corey, they don't care. They release Braun Strowman. They release Rusev's, uh, Rusev's wife. They release Aleister Black. They don't care anymore about AEW and people going, that, that's the big show went there, Mark Henry went there. That's clear that I, I think that that evidence is out. We don't even need to like mention that. It's clear they don't care about AEW and them acquiring talent. It doesn't matter to them about a big show or whatever. They're going to do what they're going to do to be profitable. And AEW is going to do what AEW is going to do. Absolutely. All right. So um, moving on. And like I said, as more things come about with more releases, of course, we'll, uh, we'll be one of the people you listen to. You can check out our thoughts more in depth at times on Twitter at WorkshootPod. But uh, Jay, this past weekend, AEW held one of its four quarterly pay-per-views, uh, double or nothing, but with a full crowd. Uh, before we we were not on the air, you know, for last week's AEW Dynamite, where they had a full crowd. But uh, Jay, right off the bat, how much different was for you? I felt it was for me, but watching these shows, AEW shows with full crowds, it, it felt like you know. It added something, at least for me. Yeah, the the dynamite was whatever because it was kind of a throwaway show. They had a bunch of jobber matches. It reminded me of like a WWE superstars and from you know us growing up. But the pay per view, you felt it. You felt the difference. And Jason Powell talked about this, like reviewing Raw in the fucking Thunderdome after. And I did watch some of Raw, by the way. So doing Raw in the Thunderdome after watching AEW pay-per-view was a rough watch. Um, yeah, and, and just, yeah, the crowd's reaction. And you could tell the wrestlers how excited they were to wrestle in front of people. Um, how And, and that's, that was really, really cool. Um, you know, thinking about it, I feel like it would have been cool for them to do something for Brody Lee. Um, you know, with, with crowds there, I think that would have been a, a cool thing. I don't think was that were any Dark Order members involved at all in the pay per view. I don't think they were. Uh, Evil Uno was, I believe, Evil Uno and Cole Cabana were both in the uh, the uh, because you know, about Royal, yes, Royal they, I mean, yeah. whatever, I did so, yeah, so I don't know. I think that would have been cool, but anyway, no, I I, I felt it straight away. I, I thought it was really, really, really awesome to hear the crowd. And to hear how excited they were, and um, and they were pumped to be there. And Daly, it's funny because Daly's place isn't the loudest place either because of its open right. air, and sometimes it's hard to hear the crowd. But they were the crowd was ready; they were ready to cheer, they were ready to go nuts. Um, it was a very good show, so it wasn't like oh this show sucks or whatever. Every surprise they were in for Leo Rush and Mark Henry. Um, they really, the Jungle Boy thing after he won and the whole crowd doing his theme song. It was awesome. It was a really, really awesome. And it's, I, it's made such a big difference. 
it makes such a big difference moments like moments and and that's what wrestling's all about like those moments um you know so yeah it was i mean it, it was great i'm glad the crowds are coming back you dummies who are listening to this please get a vaccine um so we can you know be full capacity everywhere again soon um it was great it was it was fantastic now i think the for, for anyone who says you know the crowd just cheered for everyone because they wanted to be there and everything similar to like wrestlemania you saw something that was unique you did see some of the guys who were truly over and who uh like an orange cassidy and you know Britt baker but the biggest one and First time I watched it, I watched it with Chris, uh, Christopher Morin and Alex McCardo, both in our, our group. And I didn't realize, so I watched the second time. I mean, we all know that the future of this company is Hangman Adam Page, but the reaction that Hangman Adam Page got, he came across as a true star. You know, and you sit there and you go, all right, the, the TV, we're not sure, ratings are good, this or that, but until you see people in a live audience, like in the the reaction that he got, like I said, and a couple other people, you're like, all right, some of this stuff is delivering. And that's yeah. what you need to find out as these companies go on the road. I mean, we know, like, you know, we said before with Vince's single mind or whatever he wants to, he'll do, but he got, you know, one, you know, two days of WrestleMania with crowds and not much of anything got booed, but that's going to be the real big thing when they go on this 25, you know, city tour for Raw, SmackDown and whatever pay-per-views, what these, after like maybe the first one or two, when fans are just happy to be there, who's really over? Who's not? Well, I and I and I think AEW is a little different because Paige was already over. Uh, Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express were already kind of getting over. So AEW has been funny in that they've kind of, and, and this is why AEW has been solid, right? They've done kind of this long-term storytelling. Jungle Boy has been ascending for a long time, right? right. Paige has been ascending for a long time. The, the same guys who we seem like they're ascending have been ascending. Um, whereas Drew McIntyre was kind of just figuring out how to be a babyface before they gave him this run uh, right before the pandemic. So he didn't have a run. Um, Roman Reigns, and this is the uh, uh, chaotic nature of the WWE storytelling where everything's in flux all the time. So I think with AEW, you know, we the reason why they were cheered is because they've been building them up for this length of time, whereas WWE just kind of does random shit. And so, like, we don't know, like, what, you know, what's going to happen. As far as the idea that, like, everybody wanted to cheer, yes, yes, they should. It's been 17, 18 months of not being able to do any of this. So, yeah. Damn right for people to be outside, be excited, watch live wrestling. If we go to All Out, you and I, in Chicago, you damn right I'm going to cheer. I'm going to cheer everyone, except if Lana comes out. Yeah, I'm going to cheer a Strowman, but I'm going to cheer everybody. I'm going to be super excited, and we should be, because it's great to watch live. Like, when I went to I went to a Sox game a couple weeks ago, like, I was getting emotional <laughs> going to a live baseball game. So, like, yeah, you damn right they should be excited. And I'm glad that they're excited. And I think you felt that emotion. But I also think it's clear that certain people are over more than others. 
I think that's very, very clear. And I think Adam Page and Jungle Boy, who can't talk his way out of a paper bag, is is clearly one of those guys. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they go moving forward. So, Corey, here's my question for you that I don't know. Okay. With these shows, um, are they, is it now full capacity at Daly's Place until they go on the road in July? I mean, I would think, but I, I haven't heard anything for sure. I mean, I guess they're going to sell as many tickets as they can. I mean, I do wonder if you, every week or every other week before they go back officially, you know, to Miami and the spots in Texas, if they'll be able to sell out or if it was because it was the first show and the pay-per-view, and that's why you had the bigger crowd. But I mean, we'll be interesting like this Friday, and I think next Friday, again, they're going to be on, you know, their different night. It'll be interesting to see if they get, you know, a full crowd if available this are the show the shows aren't live correct this friday is live i'm not sure about next friday at this point okay. i believe it could be next friday because of the and, and so i think that'll be you know how do how do we continue to see people get over what do they continue to do um so i think it'll be fun with the crowds you know we've seen this like we you know um and Corey, I did watch both of those documentaries in Ultimate Warrior, and you you were you were right. I still feel like neither one of them were Perfect. as good. They, neither one of them was like Owen Hart documentary, sure. but I feel like they were both okay. But you saw that with the Ultimate Warrior, he got bigger because the fans were into it. Not you know what I mean? That's what happened. That's why generally guys get over, and. You know, again, I think Adam Page is going to be the next AEW World Champion. I, I think I think that's been that's pretty clear to me. That's why they didn't have him wrestle in this match. Um, and I and I I think when he wins it, it'll be the right time. And I think when he wins it, the crowd will be like incredibly behind him. And I think he's establishing himself, you know, right behind Omega and Cody and the Bucks and Moxley as like the next guy. Um, and I think the crowd told us that they, they told us that. Yeah. A couple things here on the paper before we move on to NXT to ready to close this show out. What was your thoughts on for the first time in six years, staying a, an actual wrestling match? What was your thoughts on that? First of all, what is he? 62? 62. Jesus. He's in incredible shape. Like he is an incredible He's in an incredible shape. And so God bless him. And someone who like tries to work out and eat okay. And other than, you know, my drinking beer, like I try to take care of myself. It's hard as I get older, as I've gotten older to stay in shape. So the fact that he looks like that at 62, that, I mean, that's just a credit to him and his work ethic and his uh, discipline, uh, you know, as a person and probably his genes too. But um, yeah, he looks good. Warrior documentaries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looked he looked good. You know, he looks good. The match itself, I mean, the match is fine. The match is fine. I I think the wrong team won, but you know, again, feel good story. The guys in front of a crowd for the first time. Blah 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 blah. I you know, but what do you what do you do with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky? I mean, that's gonna be. I don't know what you do with. I guess I guess you have them continue. So um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where they go there. I think the wrong team won, but you know it is what it is. I think a couple and a couple of matches the wrong people won, and we discussed it. You know, in large demand, uh, some of those things in past shows. You know, a go-go looked good for what he was, but he should have won. You know, um, in that. But I guess the the last two questions I have for you are: 
one, what did you think of the three-way? And I guess the other half of that is, should have, after seeing, you know, Stampede, uh, Stadium Stampede, should the world title match gone on last, or did they make the right decision? I think it was one of the best three-way triple threat matches I've ever seen. The match was really, 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 really good. Um, and triple threat matches are very hard to do. Um, I th- it was one of the best triple threat matches. It was, to me, on the level of the Rollins, Cena, Brock triple threat at Royal Rumble years ago. It was a great, 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 great match. Um, <clears throat> should have gone on last. I mean, and at the stadium, Stampede was fine. Like, I, you know, that those, it was fun. I'd love to see Conan. And, you know, it was a fun match, but it was, like, fine. Um, I'm fine that stadium Stampede was last. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and it was a good way to end the show. And, you know, they came back to the ring. And I think that was that part was important. And the fact they ended it with, you know, Sammy Guevara getting a win. That, that 630 was a ridiculous. Um, like the, the level of athlete we have wrestling now, it's just, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was fine that they ended it like that. But the triple threat match was spectacular. One of the only matches I didn't like was the Cody match. I just, it just, it did nothing for me. But, um, yeah, yeah, triple threat. Of, you know, everything leading up to with the promo yeah i mean it was that and anthony gogos he's so green it's it's like and cody's not cody's not rick flair like he needs to be in there with someone good to have a good match um but you know that's that's kind of neither here nor there the show was a very good show overall i'd agree and uh, we'll see what they do as a follow-up this friday once again it's not uh, wasn't on this wednesday we'll be on this friday of course because of the nba at 10 o'clock We'll see how they do week two of that. Uh, so NXT in your house taking place uh, in two weeks, I believe. I believe it's uh, June 13th on a Sunday. We started to get the initial build, and we had the return of Adam Cole Bebe. And uh, we saw why he's on one level. A lot of other guys in the industry, especially at NXT, are on a whole nother level. So, Jay, I'm going to let you take the floor here so you can gush about your boy, who you, of course, discovered and are the founding father of the uh, Bebe uh, fake book. He's just, he's just so good on the mic. He's so convincing of who he is and what he believes. And, and I, you know, I don't know if he's taking acting classes. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. He's been this way since Ring of Honor 10 years ago. He's not changed. He's always been this good on the mic when he would do Ring of Honor. Adam Cole would, st- you know, uh, uh, you know, story time with Adam Cole, baby, and he'd cut a promo for five to ten minutes. He's been, he is a top ten on the. I mean, in AEW, there would be uh, maybe three people: Moxley, Kit Eddie, and maybe Cody. No. I think Cole would be over Eddie and over Cody. Uh, I think maybe Moxley and then then the other two. Cody gets a little bit funny in some of his promos. I, Cody sometimes in his promos isn't believable, but I, that could be because he's a baby face. Like, I don't know. But, oh, sorry. I meant MJF. That would be the way I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I think Cole's better than MJF. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because MJF feels sometimes like he's playing a character. 
Whereas Adam Coles feels like he is the character. Um, okay. and, and, you know, I mean, again, we're, 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 um, uh, Picking it, it, yeah, yeah. It's all very close. It's like, it's, you know, you know, we're not comparing him to, you know, uh, Strowman or whatever. Uh, I know I'm, I'm kicking, I'm, I'm beating on Strowman cause he's on my mind. So I'm sorry. I know Strowman got released today or yesterday. Um, he's just, he's just so good on the mic. He's so good on the mic and you know what? He's in NXT. I know they're paying him a good salary because, you know, they, they, you know, he could have gone to other places. And I just hope he's making a lot of money and doesn't ever come to the main roster. Um, and I also think they realize like how much, how important he is to the show. When he comes on and talks, it's different than other people who talk on that show. Him and Santos Escobar, when they talk, it's just, it's different. And you saw it with Karrion Cross. Like Karrion Cross was trying to remember his lines. Adam Cole was just himself. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I would compare Adam Cole to like CM Punk. Wow. You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, I think, I think of, I think Adam Cole could easily be there. I think with, with the material he's been given, I don't see why he couldn't be there. I, I just, I thought his promo was so spectacular and thinking about what they've done with him over the years and NXT giving him that vehicle. Um, I, I just think he's, he's, he's just spectacular. And in the ring, I think he's really, really good. But on the mic, I, I think there are very, very few who are, who are in his, on his level. I, I mean, I think he's, I think he's top five, top 10, in the in the industry and i don't think it's even close yeah i mean you i would agree i mean you put him over a certain guys might be better in ring than him because of the talking factor and some guys yeah. because of the talking factor aren't as good as in ring he is Absolutely. one of those guys who is a total hate saying this you know but he's a total package when it comes to is that what is that what let's look at used to do he he, he did that yeah the, 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 the yeah the, the torture rack yeah but I guess, you know, before we move on, we'll talk more about NXT's show next week. We, you know, actually see the pay-per-view coming up. It's one of the rare weeks that we don't have a pay-per-view because, you know, NWA doesn't, it doesn't matter at this point. If you want to watch it, they're on 4 o'clock on Fight TV on Sunday. But we move on. Um, but what's your thoughts about this five-way? Do you like the idea of just sticking everyone in there with Karrion Cross and not actually having a finish to that that match earlier? I mean, uh, uh. I thought it was weak. Um, Gargano's going to take the pin, right? You keep you can keep Cole strong after losing. You keep O'Reilly strong. Um, you know you keep Pete Dunne strong, and you have you have um, uh, Gargano lose the match, and he could lose the next eighteen matches. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably where they go. I I'm not excited about a five way match. There's too many people, too much going on. And if you're carrying cross and you're the champion, we got to see him out there wrestling. You know, Cole carried them. Gargano carried them. Let's see you go out there, Balor carried them. Go out there and wrestle matches as the champion where it's just you in the main event, 30 minutes. Let's go. And... You know, so and, and I think the five way match could be just like a, 
a clusterfuck. So I don't know. I don't love it. Um, maybe Karrion Cross loses and he goes to the main roster. Shit, they need guys apparently. So, um, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. But I'm not I'm not particularly excited. I think this card will be fine, but I I think it's I actually think the card will be good. Other than the I, the card will be good. The main event I think is just too much. I I agree, and I'm more than happy to see what they do, how they close out this card. And we'll talk more about the card next week. But Jay, how about you let people know how they could follow us and all the fine programs on the Life Group uh, Podcast Network through Facebook. Sure. So we are at Work to Shoot Pod. We're also on uh, on Twitter. We're at Work to Shoot Pod. We're also on Instagram at Work to Shoot Pod. Uh, the great Jackie Andy helps us monitor that. All right. Uh, let's, so- let's not get it too big of a listen she doesn't i mean listen you you don't do it i don't do it so uh thanks to jackie for that um we are worked shoot wrestling podcast we're an itunes stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast type in worked shoot wrestling podcast and listen um and we're a part of the great russell life group um and our podcast streams on there live on thursdays generally is when we do one um, so yeah, check us out. We're a part of the great life group series of podcasts. Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince baseball podcast. Tuesday, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy, a slow time in the NFL. Uh, every day, it's about where Aaron Rodgers is going. Thursday, you've got us, Work Shoot Wrestling podcast. Friday, we've got the Step Back with Jacob and Leon uh, doing a weekly, sh- a weekly podcast with what's going on in the playoffs is, is tough. Uh, but they're doing a great job. And then Sunday, you've got Total Bases with Felipe and Sean. Absolutely. And all those shows are great. I, Whenever I get a chance, I try to listen to every single one, either live or catching up on the uh, on the feed on like Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify. So if you get a chance, listen to them. They, you know, we wouldn't stir you wrong. But, Jay, there is another podcast uh, that we have been part of in the past. I... Can't remember what it's called though. Can you help me out with that? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Jackie Andy. Jackie Rachel. Jackie Corey. Nope. The comedy podcast for the ages. I was invited to be on, and this week, and then I said I wanted to be on, and then they changed the day on me, so I can't be on. Yep, the podcast. absolutely. So whatever they can do to keep me off this show, they're doing. But uh, even though I'm not on, I know. Um, I'm a ratings draw. I'm, I'm, I'm like Sammy Callahan. I'm the draw. Well, you're the human wheel. He, he, draw, he draws flies like I do, I guess. But um, listen to the show. Great podcast. Very funny. Uh, check them out. You don't know Jackie. Absolutely. And uh, as we're on that topic, we will be recording uh, tomorrow about just came out last last week. The uh, Friends Reunion at HBO Max. We'll get into that show other shows of that time period, like Living Single, talking about the... Pr- I'm living single in the 90s kind of world. That's a great show, by the way. That was a great show. Go ahead. And, you know, so, uh, also, in regards to most likely, the, we'll talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air um, reunion, maybe what other shows might be a good idea for a reunion. But, uh, Jay, because you're not going to be able to be on the show, would you like to give a couple of quick thoughts on your love <laughs> for Friends? Uh, yeah, I mean, just real quick, right? So, I mean, it was a 90s show. Um, I was, you know, a teenager, whatever. And the show never 
did anything for me. I didn't think the show was particularly funny. Um, I felt like they tried to make New York City part of like the character of the show, but you never really felt it. Um, it was like all these pretty white people and these pretty young white people, skinny. It's like, who, like, are there real people on this show? Like everybody's like skinny, white, and like young. Can we give me, can you give me a fat person? Could you give me a dark skinned person? Like, and so I, I never liked the layout of the show, what, what I felt like the show was about. Um, and I think if it was 2021, I think you'd see the show be different. Um, like New Girl, right? Like, that's a great show. Um, and they, they couldn't, it, it just, so anyway, it just wasn't funny enough. I didn't think it was funny enough. And my theory, and Corey and I talked about this before, is I think the reason why the show did so well is because it's the 90s. It's um, people wanted to be in New York City. People wanted to be young, good looking and white. And like, that's what the show was. So I think part of it was an extension psychologically to a certain extent on like what people wanted to be. And you saw that in these people. And that's not a problem. That's what shows are kind of supposed to be. That's why you mostly see like really good looking people on television, right? And movies. Um, so I think it was kind of an extension of that. So I think it was interesting in that way, um, but I thought it was a pretty terrible show um, that was not funny at all. And some shows people love, I'm like, I get it. I, 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 I again, from the psychological standpoint, I get it with that show, but from a, is this show funny? I mean, come on, come on. You know, you gotta be kidding me. Well, I believe we just got our tag for uh, that week's episode. We'll be clipping that to the end. And uh, <laughs> you officially were on the uh, were on the episode. There you uh, go. There you go. And, you know, for the most part, I agree with a lot of things you said. I watched the reunion. I thought it was fine. thought the one with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was much better. And, you know, I thought Living, like I said, Living Single, I thought was a better version of the show that actually started a year earlier, which was successful. But, you know, you can say, you know, whatever you believe in regards to why one show lasted longer than the other. I mean, one was on Fox, one was on NBC, you know. So we'll, at a time when Fox wasn't an actual network. So, I mean, you know, we spoke about in the past, um, you don't know, Jackie, about other shows that were on Fox that had a cult following but were never as big as what they could have been if they were on other channels. New York Undercover? Uh, that was on, uh, was not on ABC? Or was that nope. on Fox as well? That was on Fox. Fox did this. Fox did this thing where they were like, "We're gonna go in on. We're gonna go all in on black people. We got living single. We got in living color. We got New York undercover. We're gonna go all in on black people when no one else wants to hire us as actors." And like you saw that, like married with children, you know, uh, Martin, Martin. They really went. They went in on like a lot. I mean, yeah, they had obviously shows with white people. I'm saying they really went on 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 like shows with with African American with African American people. I think it was like. A very interesting time for TV um, in the 90s, for sure. Um, and I think Fox uh, really deserves... I mean, now their shows are, are horrible. The, the, every, they have 18 million 911 shows. But, um, you know, they did some groundbreaking stuff back in the day. They really did. Absolutely. And uh, Jackie Andy gave it a single tear because, you know, she wishes you were going to be on the show because, you know, she is your biggest fan. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Jackie's my girl. Hey, uh... I've known her longer and she still supports you, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, before we get out of here quickly, our last subject, June 7th, New Japan Pro Wrestling comes back with Dominion after canceling basically a month worth of shows, as we spoke about in the past. 
in regards to the pandemic and only at this, at, as like last week, 2% of their population was vaccinated. They deal with, you know, these things a lot differently. But the big thing in this card is we spoke about, you know, Will Ospreay had to vacate the title. We were thinking about for a while who might, what they might do. They're going back to Overliable with Okada, but Okada versus Shingo, June 7th for the vacated New Japan Pro Wrestling World title. You also got Cobb versus Ibushi, so you got a nice one-two punch there. What's your interest level with it not being Will Ospreay, the title anymore? I know you being a huge fan of his. Yeah. Are you interested well, for, in opinion? Well, first of all, I'm very worried about Ospreay and his career. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the most important thing because – you know, he was going to be a superstar and he was quickly ascending. Um, and so that's really, really a bummer with the neck or the, the back, whatever. Like it's, it could be bad. This isn't a torn ACL. Once you start dealing with people's necks, like you don't, you don't get your neck back. Like, so I don't know. I just really hope for the best for that guy. Cause he's so fucking good. So fun to watch. Um, one of the, best five wrestlers in the world. I don't think that I don't think that's a conversation. As far as the show, um yeah, also you know, by the way, and I also want to say this too. I know I'm throwing a lot of editorials here before we get to the show. Um and I'm going to say this and I say this a lot. Uh I want everyone to watch New Japan Strong this week if you can if you're a fan of New Japan, and you listen to our show, watch New Japan Strong. Uh, this week was just spectacular. Really, really great, great, uh, great hour of wrestling. Um, as far as I- I'm interested, for sure, um, I definitely think Okada wins. Um, I think they're going to go back to the old reliable. Um, I think, you know, Shingo now has established himself as a guy, as a guy who could challenge for a title. Um, and they could come back to him, I think. And it won't be, like, ridiculous. And, you know, we know New Japan takes time. You know, Shingo could win the G1. And that's how he kind of gets back. So, um, but I think at this point, New Japan's like, you know, it's like WWE did in the 80s. Like, we got to give it back to Hogan. <laughs> like, after, you know, the Warrior fucked up, it's like, oh, we got to give it back to Hogan. So, I think event, I think we're going to see Okada get the belt, um, in my opinion. But, yeah, it should be. I mean, it's going to be, you know, a great match. It should be a good, a good card, a good show. I agree. I mean... When things like this happen, you go back to Overliable. I think whoever loses this match will be the front runner for uh, the G1 with Ibushi. You know, those will be your two favorites. And we'll mostly have our buddy Sean on the next couple of weeks to talk about a little update on what's Boy, going on there. What, when is the G1? I don't think we know yet. I don't know if it's been, uh, I think initially we think it was supposed to be in September because of the Olympics, but, but the Olympics, you know, still not a short thing and everything else. It may get pushed back again. I don't know 100% sure at this point. Yeah, I think because I I think with these guys being released, I think they could have a freaking knockout G one. I really do. If they can get there, and they can, you know, I don't know what's happening with vaccines in Japan, and that's why I said very lucky in our country to be able to get them. But man, they could have a great G one. I totally agree. Uh, And like I said, just not shortchange it. I think Kota Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb will be really good, and I think. Uh, Yo uh, versus El Desperado will be very good. So I think on this card, there's some really good matches. And who knows if this show will actually happen. There's always a chance we could have more restrictions in Japan. They have to cancel this. But for as of right now, it's June 7th. 
So I think it will be an interesting show. And of course, before I give Jay the last word, I said it was kiddingly before, but if you're dying to watch wrestling this weekend, Sunday at four o'clock on Fight TV, I don't know how much it is, but you can spend your hard, hard-earned money on a show that nobody truly cares about and see Nick Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch and um, the, one of the best female wrestlers in the world in Serena Deeves versus uh, Camille for the uh, NWA women's title. So, I mean... Also, also, the, also, Kyler Ray is coming back on that show. She's right. wrestling okay. in, a, in, a, in a tag match. I mean, is I have not watched. I'm not paying, yeah. you know. But is NWA in trouble? I mean, they might be in trouble. And we could say out of sight, out of mind. Maybe they're doing fine, making their couple bucks. But, Corey, when, when they were at their height. On YouTube, right? On YouTube. We were talking about it. But we were, it wasn't just us on Twitter. You would go to Twitter at 6 o'clock Eastern time, and it was blowing up with NWA. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Yep. I mean, Billy Corgan was on a busted open radio this morning, and he said that, you know, since going to fight TV, and of course it's the company line, said, you know, they, he's had more meetings than he's ever had before. It's basically like the MLW court Barrow way of speaking that, you know, business is happening and business is booming, you know? So who knows? I mean, on there, he said, you know, he'd love, he'd think that, you know, Braun Strowman would be a good fit. I don't think they have enough money to pay Braun Strowman getting back to the initial thing, but Hey, I mean, if you want to watch a show, like I said, you go to fight TV.tv, fight TV, yeah, fight TV.tv, I believe it is. And look to see how much it is. And if you're bored on a Sunday at four o'clock, not a big NBA or a hockey fan, if you want to check it out and write a review on, you know, wrestling life and we'll, uh, we'll let you know what people thought. But, uh, Jason, unless there's something else that's on the tip of your tongue, I think it's time for you to go and uh, close out the show as you always did. I think we're done here. See ya.